This week we'll be talking about Tencent reading the VRT leaves and scrapping their VR hardware, why players are leaving multiverses in masses, Ubisoft unsure if E3 will happen even though Readpop has confirmed it will, Saudi Arabia dumping even more money into Nintendo, our impressions on the latest Monster Hunter competitor Wild Hearts, all this and more on Season 7, Episode 7 of Press X to Start Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Vagrants, a.k.a. Wild Hearts Got My Eyes Dry. I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? Mr. Cross the Border. Mm, very apt. Look at that. You can see his, uh, his, his Spanish tan. <laughs> it really is uh, sepia colored over there. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> and last up we have... Uh, Avery, currently rooting for North America in the VCT lock-in. Please, FNS, do not lose this game. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right. Now you know who we are. Press X to Start Gamers Digest is a video game podcast that condenses the most important gaming news in the past week into an hour-long meal just for you. We are live right now on YouTube. That's 3 p.m. on Sundays. Eastern. East, yes, Eastern Standard Time. You are correct. You are correct <laughs> because the eastern part of the U.S. is not the only place in the entire world. So uh, you're right. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Uh, don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hitting the notification bell. If you are listening, we would greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on. If you want to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressx2start.com slash Discord. Now that we've got that out the way, you know who we are and what we're doing and why we're all here. Let us jump into the gaming news. So, Avery, what's happening in the wide, wide world of uh, gaming? Well, currently, we've got a 3v3, Loud versus NRG. FNS has managed to kill Sadhawk. Oh, wait. Oh, snap. He pulled out the Cypher ult. He's got information on everyone else on the map. It's a 2v3. Post plant. Oh, it's a 1v2. Oh, Kawasin can do this. Come on, you do this. It's just FNS on the 1v1 and FNS lost. Fuck. It's going to OT. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> rage quit. Rage quit. Oh. Oh, man. The, the, oh, the, you're going to see me punch something right the now. The peaks and valleys you just took <laughs> us to. I don't even watch it, but right. yeah, I, was, I was rooting for FNS. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, our first story is uh, from Tom Ivan from VGC. Tencent has reportedly scrapped plans to launch its own VR hardware. So uh, the addendum is the company has denied claims that it's expanding its extended reality business unit. So that's here or there. The actual story was reported from Reuters. And the group, uh, Tencent's team, was about 300 people informed in 2022 in June. And they were trying to come up with some ring-like handheld controller for the VR. Okay. So in itself, this isn't a big story, but in the wake of the PSVR sort of weak pre-orders and uh, I'm going to say lackluster launch, uh, the console is not really out, but all reviews are like, this is great hardware, too bad, too expensive, uh, and they're not enough games for it. And then 
There was the entire Facebook meta situation where they are lost a tremendous amount of money on VR. It's less to deal with VR itself as a platform, but more uh, its metaverse uh, investments. That being said, it's still not a great scene for VR right now. Yeah. And then on, on top of that, uh, when PSVR first launched, we had um, the company that made Trover Saves the World. That was a VR game that came out on PSVR that was really good, really popular. But then their next game, not a VR game, so it's kind of troubling. And then there's also rumors that Fire Sprite, which is a dev house that um, PlayStation is partnering with originally to do a VR shooter, is no longer going to be doing a VR shooter. So it's not, it's not looking too great, but you know, that's a rumor. It's not confirmed yet. So don't know if that's actually going to be the case or, you know, they might come up with something that is a VR thing might be smaller. They might be working on multiple projects. Don't know. But yeah, this is not great for the overall VR scene, even though PlayStation VR 2 has not come out yet. I mean, apparently Sony has supported the original VR all the way up until now with the launch of the new one. So, I mean, it's fine. PSVR will be fine. I don't think it will be. Because we're also discounting the landscape is not great. They are mm-hmm. charging an obscene amount of money for this hardware. It doesn't matter its quality. You're going from a, oh, this is a really cool piece of tech that I kind of want to get on top of my PSVR to, oh, I need to be into VR to really want to do this with the price point they put it at. And then you have to look at their relationship with the PS Vita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think time will just tell, ultimately. Yeah, and then um, it is possible that they are, you know, not necessarily scrapping this hardware. They can just be delaying it until they are more sure about the environment that they're going to release the product into. I mean, yeah, time uh, to... Yeah, go ahead. No, I Oh, I, I was going to actually jump to Apple because they are also working on a headset. And I just did a, a quick Google. Turns out they're going to postpone their introduction of the headset, even though that's going to be a premium headset in terms of going to cost probably an absorbent amount of money for but um yeah so they're also delaying their introduction too so it could be a thing of people are getting cold feet now they're unsure like you know a couple episodes ago we were talking about how there's been massive layoffs and stuff so the game industry market is definitely pulling back and not necessarily spending that money on things they don't want to take a chance so all this could just be working together to create a situation where people are just like hey, let's hold off on the vr stuff right now I love the Sony was the how do I say this in regards to actual video game like console based like not console based VR just like consumer based VR Sony was my like oh if they can't keep this train running I don't have much faith of it the VR future I think VR will continue to exist as a thing that we all experience going forward but I don't think. I don't think we're going to see a peak like we saw last time. It's just going to be an afterthought kind of a thing, which sucks. So yeah. that was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our next story goes sort of in tandem with something we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks in regards to big multiplayer game to service games sort of dying out. This game hasn't necessarily died out, but the te- the it, it's, it, it's, it's dying for right now. It's it, in hospital. Well, Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, so this is from Isaiah Colbert from Kotaku.com. Multiversus daily player count plunges by 99%, but maybe Pickle Rick can save it. So this is a report that was originally made by VGC where they talked about how we believe in looking at multiverses and no one's talked about that game in about three or four months. 
what's going on with that game. They looked into its Steam player count, and they're like, huh, this game started out with, like, absorbing the amount of people playing it, and then they looked at the, uh, the player count. I think this is probably in the wake of the other big games and service games falling apart. They're like, oh, it's dropped to 1,000 players on PC. And yeah. before you bring out the, oh, this is just a PC market, there's a console market, thing, yada, yada. They also dug into the Xbox charts, which they can track with a, uh, there's a back-end way to track the popularity of Xbox games being played currently. Gotcha. And they checked on the Xbox, and it's not even in its top 50 most played games, I believe, is the number they had. Right. So it's like on multiple platforms, it's not doing well. And I said, I, uh, because I've, I've been having this thought about what's going on with multiverses, because it came off super hot. Everyone was excited about it. DJ called it a game that he said was better than Smash. And I looked into it, and they had a cadence of releasing a new character every two weeks. Yep. And then at around November, that stopped and they haven't released a brand new character since i want to say december and then you couple that marvin was the last character they released marvin the martian yes uh and you couple that with apparently there's unrest in the subreddit the monetization not being great i don't have high hopes for this one uh surviving towards the end of the year if that makes sense how do you balance a roster like that every two weeks well, that's the issue. Like they, they came out way too strong. They should have, you know, I, I think it, it's just the problem is they don't necessarily. Well, no, because they had no, I'm thinking of Marvel Snap. Yeah. The issue with this is they release characters too often where there's no way they could keep up with that pace of production. Yeah. So now yeah. they're at the point where games. Yeah. And they were supposed to. They're supposed to release their season three, like I think at this point a week ago. Yeah. But they pushed it to the end of March, I believe, or something like somewhere around the end of March. So that's a long time to go without like substantial content. And that happens when you're playing a multiplayer game like me playing Destiny. I it, I'm pretty sure it was never a thousand players, which is like terrible. But like there was a bunch of times where it was content drought and it was just like no one's playing Destiny right now because everyone's just doing other things while they're waiting for content so this looks like it's a more extreme version of that in terms of the player count on seem dropping to 1000 players like you mean they don't just play it for the love of the game like we do with apex legends i mean i, I think the issue you're getting i think one of the issues we're dealing <laughs> with is that if this game is promoting it the fighting game community yeah. has never been a prolific uh it's a very niche They've been a dedicated player base, but not a prolific player base. So as a game like this evolves, the people who are still playing it are going to be really good. And despite the barrier of entry for $0, if you jump into a game and there's a thousand people playing and a thousand people playing are off the highest level, you're either going to get whooping your ass. bad cues because of the, uh, the matchmaking, or you're going to get your ass stomped by a dude who decided, I know how to use all the Velvet tech. So like, it's hard to keep one of these games alive. Well... The saving grace to multiverses is that there are bots. So even if you're in a situation where you just start the game and you jump on and there's no one to match in your skill rank, the game will just give you a bunch of bots to fight. Like, what, what are the, the, the skill level of the bots? I don't know. I, I haven't played multiverses in a long time. But they do try to prevent, like, that kind of stomping from happening. Okay. But yeah, like... And either way you look at it, this is just not a good look for multiverses right now. I'll be interested to see what happens 
when their season three launches, because that is, from what I read, supposed to be a bigger update. So will it bring back the people? I don't know. But what what will bring back the people is sort of content. And I don't think they'll be able to match their content. Yeah, absolutely. No, like, like, yeah, they need to reconfigure the the expectations for the characters, because, yeah, if people are expecting the characters start coming in every two weeks, that's that's insane. Like, there's no way. Yeah. yeah, and you got to pay for these characters. Mm. Yes, because uh, it's a game to service, and that's the other thing about these gas games. At a certain point, you get to the there are more characters in the game than there are in the initial roster. So you jump into a game, and suddenly, oh, you get to the League of Legends problem, which League of Legends thankfully have had a long time to build a player base who doesn't give a shit about this. But mm. you get to the issue where, oh man, this character is really good, really strong, it's really interesting. I have to pay for it or do I just grind through this game? That's always an issue. Yeah. 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 Uh, next story is from Logan Plant from uh, IGN. Ubisoft confirms it will be at E3 if E3 is happening. Yeah, this was super weird when this dropped because it seems like part of, part of it seems like, okay, well, maybe Izgamo is just dealing with a lot of stuff and he Why would they not know yet? Yeah, it seems so weird. And like, we don't have any like real precedence for this happening. E3 is typically in June, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's already been confirmed. Like it's it's confirmed. It's a it's a thing that we all know as industry is happening. So it's so weird that he just missed the email or missed the meetings that he had definitely had to be a part of. Like, it's just it's just so like what's happening. But then Reed Pop, who was organizing this E3, has come out and said, yeah, we're full season ahead, guys. Like, we don't know what's up with Yves Gamal. Like, I don't know, man. It, I Any, don't know. Anywho, next, next sub story. Uh, yeah, there is a sub story to this. Uh, this is from Rebecca Valentine from IGN. Ubisoft says delays, cancellations were because it was making too many games at once. Yeah, so I, I think we all are aware of the wide swath of Ubisoft games. So the fact that they are delaying slash canceling these games. Yeah. So, some of us would say uh, Skull and Bones should be part of this, but I, I disagree because I think Skull and Bones is going to be a solid four out of ten, my guys. Um, yeah, it, it's I think what this is going to just be is we're going to get an Assassin's Creed because we know that's happening. Yeah, that sounds like um, they're just spreading themselves too damn thin. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, but. Again, there's a restriction happening in the industry as a whole, so this is just a common thing. It is what it is. I, I don't think I'll miss too much of their games. So yeah. Avery? Yeah, uh, okay. And our next story is from Tom Ivan for this is from VGC. Days after its last increase, Saudi Arabia yet again ups its Nintendo stake. So this is Saudi Arabia. Uh, the... Um, <clears throat> how do I say this? Without being xenophobic. The Saudi government, who is trying to divest themselves of being uh, oil-based and future-proof themselves, is now choosing video games as the next gold rush, uh, with, I think, the understanding that the Saudi prince just generally likes games, but he may or may not want to have an actual influence on games. Uh, They already have a large stake in, I want to say, Capcom, and... They own SNK. Yeah, they own entirely, entirely of SNK, so the King of yeah. Fighters franchise, and then they have a yeah. take in Capcom. 
but they've increased their Nintendo stake from about 6% to about 7%, which isn't really enough to influence anything, but it is interesting to see where they go from there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always good to have like people keeping an eye on something like this happening because this slow increase can easily work up to 10%, 15%, yeah. and like 20%. Then it's just like, okay, this is getting like insane. The flip side of it is that because Nintendo is a publicly traded company, they can't really do anything other than buying the rest of the stock out and buy shares back. Yeah. So they're in a weird place, too, because like, hey, it's it's money. We need money to make games, you know, but it's like mm, I don't think Nintendo's really hurting, though. There is no morality in capitalism. So there's like no, there's nothing you can say in regards to well, there there is, but not at that big of a corporate level. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. If, if Saudi Arabia is, is um, funding the next Mario game, you know, that hurts. I, I, I don't think they would allow to, get, you know, to get taken over like a, a Japanese government, just like uh, who tried to do a hostile buyout. Was it Ubisoft? Or that, was Vivendi, that was Vivendi. That was Vivendi. And it was Ubisoft being bought out by Vivendi. And okay. Ubisoft had their entire thing, which is a French company, had their entire thing in order to uh, change that. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Saudi Arabia buying too much of Nintendo. I, ha- I I don't understand enough about Japanese stocks and corporation stuff to enough, but I have heard that it is difficult for a Western company to buy a Japanese company. Yeah. That being said, Saudi Arabia isn't a Western company. It is a Middle Eastern power. So, so there's about that. From what I've heard. One of the issues is just having all the documents translated from Japanese to whatever that language is, which causes even more time and more processing power. So that just makes it like difficult to just go through a, a, a big acquisition for that because you're just like, hey, you don't you don't really want to deal with that. But, you know, money is money. So the hell are you talking about, DJ? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a thing, though. That's why, like, PlayStation has a, a studio and not studio, but like has a branch in Japan, so they can just make the Japanese, like, um, what's the word? Anyways, whatever. It's I just hard because language barrier. That's what I <laughs> mean. I think what you should say is that PlayStation is a Japanese company. Yeah. It's, they don't have a Japanese branch. They are a yeah, Japanese yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've been on PlayStation, you know what the fuck I mean. This, this man <laughs> then turned Sony into a fucking American company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, with that being said, now that you know that PlayStation started in America, do us a solid. <laughs> like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. Uh, once you do that, uh, go, go to the Wikipedia page for uh, PlayStation and uh Check where it was created from, because I'm pretty sure you'll be surprised. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Kudaragi coming to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, let's get back to the <laughs> let's get back to the show. Uh, I want to start a moment of silence for North America as we move to the nearest airport. As NRG has fallen to loud, and my pickums. And my hopes and dreams for VCT are ruined. Uh, oh dear! Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
oh, I pray to God 100 things the Sentinels do not lose in, in the next week. I cannot take this. Uh-oh. Anyway, uh, I'm moving on to our final story. Uh, in this surprisingly quick episode of Press X to Start. Yeah, so this story from GameIndustry.biz. This is from uh, Brendan Sinclair. Microsoft confirms Game Pass candlewise uh, sales. I would like to say before I get into this story, yeah, that's what subscription services do. But uh, this comes out of their ongoing conversation with the CMA and UK re- retailers, where in the documentation, I believe that. Uh, the actual verbiage is Microsoft has submitted that its internal analysis shows a redacted percent decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition on Game Pass. Now, this isn't a big thing in the grand scheme of things. Like, as someone who is not a Game Pass subscriber and is very anti-subscription service to begin with, this makes sense to me as a realization of the product. That being said, it flies in the face of things Phil Spencer said when Game Pass started, when people were saying, this is what subscription services do. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is, this is the reality. I believe his exact quote is, uh, yeah, when you put game like Forza Horizon 4 on Game Pass, you instantly have more players of the game, which actually leading to more sales of the game. Now, there are two schools of thoughts. There is the generous school of thought that this was the early days of Game Pass. The attachment rate wasn't that high. So it wasn't even that Game Pass was generating more sales. It was just people who were buying the game were buying the game regardless. And it was separate from Game Pass as a thing. And as Game Pass has ballooned out, that percentage has disappeared and, and whatnot. And what they're getting is probably more numbers of players, but less box sales. But if you're under the minds, Xbox is flipping them on this on whether Game Pass is the driver of their business plan or just a facet of their business plan. So I don't know what they really feel about how this is a good or a bad thing. Then there's the other one, which is disingenuous, and it, it asks you to question how you feel about Phil Spencer as a PR spokesman for Xbox, is that he was just lying out of his teeth about this when he initially said that, and <laughs> just to get the PR thing. Uh, I honestly don't know which one to uh to believe but yeah uh and there is a school of thought that the percentage isn't that big that they're losing money on and i would say to that if it wasn't that big why is it a redacted part of this document i don't think it's massive per se i don't think this is a 75 percent drop in sales but i don't think this is like a one or five percent drop if that makes sense yeah it's it's a number big enough that they don't want out there because it could affect their business. So that makes sense why they would react it. This also is in tandem with the reason we got this cannibalized uh, statement is this was the words of Activision Blizzard and why they didn't want to put any of their games on Game Pass. Too bad, bitch. We're going to buy you. Yeah. Couple that with, I'm going to be generous. A lot of devs have come out when this news came out and said, no, Game Pass 100% helped our sales and we are 100% taking every Game Pass deal that we see. Yeah. To that, I would say, I think Game Pass to a certain degree it's good for small devs who weren't expecting a lot of sales. Right. Because there's yeah. an instant influx of cash and it gets your name out there. And if your game is good enough, it will generate sales on other platforms who don't have Game Pass. Or repeat customers for your next project. Yeah. Yeah. Which that I think is true. And then uh, for Xbox, they put all their eggs in the Game Pass basket in regards to the sales of these games. And we still don't necessarily know how Xbox in particular, their first party games are being impacted by the power of game pass but i do think this puts the nail in the coffin on bigger blockbuster titles being on game pass and that makes sense um this is gonna affect the quality and 
what type of games get greenlit. I remember seeing a interview from Matt Damon where he was talking about how streaming has changed what type of movies get greenlit because they used to make their money on the back end with DVD and VHS sales and all that stuff. We haven't seen it yet materialize, I think, with games just because of how much longer they take to make versus film. But uh, I, I guess time will tell what yeah. happens with this industry, unfortunately. I think Game Pass is an interesting place because they're in a chicken and the egg situation right now mm-hmm. in which they're currently not everywhere as a platform. Like You can't just pick up any TV to get Game Pass. I mean, literally, they're still throwing it at you if they can to get you in and that uh, passive subscription thing. But yeah. as we talked about earlier, there's uh, Game Pass subscriptions are slowing down. I think t- you you said that it was everyone who wants it already has it right now. For the most part, yeah. I For the most so. part. So it's interesting how they're going to move going forward. I do 100% agree with you on the Matt Damon quote. I think that that's one of the things I talked about early on, talking about Game Pass as a platform and subscription services as a platform. But uh, it is what it is in regards to that. I think Game Pass currently will be fine. I think the test of it will be Starfield. Uh, If there is a massive influx in Game Pass subscriptions off the back of Starfield, it is here to stay. But I don't think Xbox is still at that place where they can go to any platform and say, it is better for you as a game. How do I say this? They're depending on their own first party to be the blockbuster to get people in the Game Pass. And they're depending on indie games and smaller titles to uh, be the quantity that keeps people sitting here. We'll see. Because, I mean, Starfield wasn't made initially with the Game Pass in mind. It'll be a pseudo test of Game Pass, but like you said before, there needs to be a game that you can only get on the subscription service to really be a good gauge of that. People may still buy Starfield just because they want to own a physical copy, but we'll see what the numbers are. Well, I mean, like. okay, here's a, here's a sub story. You just mentioned physical copy. At a certain point, I don't think Microsoft is selling physical copies of their games going forward. There, there was a small story about how Redfall, I think even the basic edition of that, doesn't actually even have the disc in it. It just has a code to you to download the disc, which is not a nail in the coffin of Redfall. That game still has a lot of promise to live up to, but it's one of those things where, like, that means it does not have a ironclad uh, future unless Microsoft is really generous. And there's no like game preservation for that. Yeah, there's, there's no, no game, actual yeah. disc. And yeah. and it, yeah, yeah. F you if you have shit internet, and F you if you have data caps, basically. But I mean, we're in a weird spot now because. Even if you were to get the physical disc or whatever. Majority of games are just keys. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also need to download the update, too. So you might get the game and yeah, it works, but everything is broken because it doesn't have the day one patch. So it's just like we're, we're in a we're in a lose lose situation for like physical games. They're saying to hell with anybody that's not in a first world area then to play. Yeah, game. I know it. It sucks. It really sucks. Like I, I totally am in agree with you in terms of like that's some. Don Matrick bullshit. Hey, he was right. <laughs> we got a product for you. It's called the Xbox 360. That's some bullshit. Yeah, I, I still can't. I uh, here's another side. I'm sorry for jumping on the Xbox hate train. I still find it insane that their console is called the Xbox Series X and oh, the Xbox Series <laughs> X. Yeah. It'll be interesting what the next uh, what the next version of their console is and, and how they call that, because um, unless they stick with the I mean, like, but they can't stick with it. 
Yeah, you, you really can't. Because like, then you're, you're either calling it the Xbox Series X2, which is like, why are we doing numbers now? Or you call it another letter, and that doesn't even describe what you're trying to sell. It has to be something completely different. It's a Series XS. <laughs> They're going to run into the Nintendo Wii U problem eventually. They ran into it at the beginning of the generation when they were still selling Xbox uh, One X's oh, one. and Series X's. Xbox One X, Xbox One S. Yeah. Well, that's not here or there. I think uh, to put a pin on this before we jump into what we've been playing, I think uh, Game Pass is a fine product and it is a great deal in gaming for people. It has yet to prove to me that it has not fallen into the pitfalls of other streaming services problems. The only thing it has proven to me is that Microsoft has a tremendous amount of money that they're willing to put into the product to oversee the issues other subscription services are having, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with, uh, with Game Pass. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confident it will be fine for 2023. However, I'm not confident that its success will drive Xbox to compete better with PlayStation. If PlayStation maintains the weird momentum that they have, where they say absolutely nothing and do a bunch of media faux pas, but the PS5 just keeps selling like no one cares. Watch. <laughs> They're like, hey, I like play games. I don't care what the PlayStation has to say. <laughs> oh, man. You're not wrong, though. All right. Uh, that has been the gaming news. Now let us talk about the game that I have been playing, guys. All right. So um, as, I, as I mentioned at the start of this show, there is a EA-published Monster Hunter competitor called Wild Hearts. And, you know, if you're in a Monster Hunter you probably know what Wild Hearts is. If you're not in the Monster Hunter, you probably know what a Wild Heart is. It's a person that can't be tamed. Just like this game, it can't be tamed. Anyways, um, I am about four or five hours into this game, and I absolutely love this game. Because I, it's been such a long time since I've played Monster Hunter World specifically. I mean, I also played the demo for Monster Hunter Rise, but I didn't like it because I played it on the Switch, and I can't, I can't play any kind of action game on the Switch because I don't have a pro controller. Yeah. So I'll be damned if I'm using the, the regular controller to do all that stuff. So playing Monster Hunter World, I, I put a lot of hours in that game. I really enjoyed my time with that game. And even though I put a lot of hours into Monster Hunter World, it was still a very, very dense game to just remember all the little like details. And it was a thick game. It was a very thick game. Damn, boy. Damn, boy. He's thick, boy. That's a thick ass boy. Damn. I am delighted to experience Wallheart and find that it is also a thick game, but it's not as thick. They've streamlined a lot of different things that for me was kind of uh, grading when it comes to Monster Hunter. So one of the things uh, in Monster Hunter, there's a bow class and you have like four or five different uh, bow, or I'm sorry, four type different uh, like ammo types that you can use, and you have to cycle through all of them. And like the UI was just never, it, it never worked with you. You always have to just like remember the button press, remember how many times you have to press down while you're fighting this giant monster that could just one piece you whenever it feels like. All that stuff has been streamlined and handled well in Wild Hearts in terms of there is no ammo types the the bow that you're upgrading you can change the bow to fire different ammo types you can use your katakuri i think katakuri which is your magic fortnite ability 
to like put down a, a fire trap. And then if you run through the fire trap, you have fire ammo or whatever. So all this stuff, really, really cool. Um, I really, really enjoy the game for how much fun it is to actually hunt and fight the monsters. I don't know if I am just in the infatuation period where it's just like, oh, everything is new to me. Like, oh, this is cool. This is really fun. Um, the character creator in this game, people are really enamored with it. I think it's fine, especially being a black person. I can't get a hairstyle like my hair right now because, you know, this is just a Japanese company and they, they, they put a lot of details in, you know, the other skin color hairstyles and stuff. Anyways, um, it's still very expansive. You can do a lot with it. You can get all crazy with it. You can do cool color eye stuff. It's fun. It works. It's not like terrible thing where it's just like, oh, I don't like my character. I, I have a character that I really like. When it comes to moving around in the game, I think I enjoy it better than Monster Hunter because I feel like I have more mobility. Um, the magic Fortnite ability that you have in this thing where you can just build whatever you want, it really works very well. And it's a thing of I've gotten so good at it where I am chasing down a monster. The monster turns around and goes to attack me. I stop. I, I throw down three blocks to like scale up the blocks and I jump over the monster as it destroys the blocks. And it's just like, that feels so good. Yeah, so playing this game, man, I am having such a great time. Uh, the story feels like kind of Monster Hunter where it's just like, hey man, there's monsters out there that's destroying our, our, our village and towns. We need you to, to come uh, fix that because you're a hunter and hunters do that. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go out there and do that. So it, it's, it's whatever. Like, I don't think a Monster Hunter person is really yeah. there for the actual story. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't had a chance to do the online mode, but that does feel a little easier to do than uh, Monster Hunter proper. Because you just go to a campfire and it's like, oh, play online. You can just press the button. You can play online. I just haven't had a need to. I've soloed everything. Um, shout out to the King Tusk, which is the giant boar creature that they have shown like in most of the marketing for this game. Yeah. That shit is a menace. That is a real, like, when I first rolled up on it, I was like, alright, I got you. I hit its leg, it turned around, it reared up, and it just sat on me, and like, my health just went zero, and I was like, ah, alright, I'll be back. Came back, hit in his leg again, I pulled back, and it was like, no, I'm a big motherfucker. And it sat on me and like the shockwave like killed me. I was like, God damn. So, would you say that it backed that ass up on you? Hey, man, it did. I wasn't ready for it. I had no support shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so overall, I'm, I'm, as you can tell, I'm having a good time with this game. I am pleasantly uh, surprised with what they've done with this. Like, you know, the last Monster Hunter game that I've played has, was Dauntless. I really enjoyed that game, but it definitely felt like a B-tier Monster Hunter where they were very much so um, inspired by Monster Hunter. It was a free-to-play game, so of course there was microtransactions, and that stuff was somewhat well-worked. Like, I never spent any money in it, and I had a good time and didn't feel like I needed to spend money. Um, I'll be interested to see how long they support this game. 
because I think that was the best part of Monster Hunter, where it's just like, all right, well, now we're going to add a, a winter event, or now we're going to add another couple of monsters. And then as it time grows, they have like 20 or 30 different monsters that if you are in that Monster Hunter world, you know what the monsters are. So it'll be interesting to see like how far this goes. It seems like it's it's doing pretty well. It, the Metacritic, I think it's 80 or something the meta, like that. The meta is about 79 right now. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's it's a good game. Um, the last thing I want to say is there is a lot of people talking about the graphics of this game and how on PC it's completely borked. There are weird lighting issues that happens. Uh, there's essentially just a certain level of visual jank that's happening. I I noticed some of that in on my I'm playing on PS5, of course, and it feels like the game was built for PlayStation 5 and then ported to PC, ported to Xbox, because I don't like this game looks beautiful in a lot of places. But of course, there are weird times where the the King Tusk throw that ass on me and I just get shot into like a wall or shot into a tree and like the camera goes all haywire because there's no like auto lock. So I definitely get that. But overall, I've just been having a good time with it. it it's really pretty in, in a lot of places. The character creator, when you zoom in on the faces, it looks so good. It looks so good. And uh, when you zoom out, eh, it's whatever. You know, I really need to look at the person's face. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to be playing this. Uh, Cameron, if you remember him, that guy, he's also playing this. So at some point, we're going to party up and do it. Um, so we'll see what happens with the online mode. I'll have more to talk about later on. So yeah, that's it. That's Wild Hearts, guys. It, it's a great game. If you are interested in Monster Hunter, if you played Monster Hunter at all, if you just want to get into Monster Hunter, I would suggest trying out Wild Hearts because it is a good game. All right. Um, you you want to talk about Apex? Sure. We've got fucking time. I'll yeah, keep this short. Uh, Apex Season 16 happened. Uh, we briefly talked about it when it was announced and what the full details of it were going to be last year. I mean, not last year, last week. Uh, so I've had about three to four days of hard grinding the game. And I will say uh, that the meta of this game has never felt so fresh and so interesting and so dynamic. I just wish the player base of this game weren't fucking idiots. Oh... Like, it's like not knowing what to do. It's not even not knowing what to do is that now when you pick a character, there are greater ramifications for how that character synergizes with the rest of your team. Oh, yeah, if you yeah. play uh, Vantage, if you're a one-trick Bloodhound, which is not good in this season, so I don't know why you're one-tricking Bloodhound, but if you're a one-trick Bloodhound, uh, you now have the ability to UAV scan for uh, information around the map. Maybe we use that to pick fights, pick third parties, do stuff like that. Oh, if you're playing a defensive legend like uh, Catalyst or Caustic, you can scan for next beacon. Maybe we use that to find final zones. We can camp, well not, well, not camp, set up. Uh, no, it's fucking camping. Set up at the final zone and get kills they run in. Uh, if you're playing a rotational legend, you, there's so much things to do, but players, I think at least on console, players consistently still are playing like brain dead. I have one game where like I, we were playing Stormpoint. I had a teammate who was an Optane. No, I had a teammate who was a Fuse. Who, me and my other teammate are on comms. This is ranked. And we're like, hey, I'm playing Catalyst. I'm like, I, I know where the zone is. Let's go to the zone. Teammate just goes north. Then he's not coming, not saying anything. His character just says, I'm fighting someone. He's not even hitting the button to say I'm targeting someone to let you know their enemy there. He says, oh, I'm yeah. fighting someone right now. He's got white armor. We don't know what guns he is. So he dies. 
As I have to go, <laughs> as you would, pick, yeah. I, yeah, I have to go pick his uh, tag up because I'm not playing the support legend, so I can't just craft it. So I have to go get his tag. Oh, to... only the support legends can craft it. Yes, and the thing is, your box can be timed out to zero, and they can still craft to get you back into the game. Mm. So there's actually a viability to a support legend. Yeah. Just don't pick Lifeline. Come on, guys. There are better support legends in the game. The better support legends who do her job. Her only buff they gave her is her package comes down faster, which is fine. Uh, and when she taps you to res, she's not getting slowed. But still gets to my big problem with a lot of these characters, especially support characters, is to get use of your character, someone has to go down. That's not a good character. Mm. I think, and this may be an interesting buff for Lifeline, you know how you can see the ground where it's landing? Everybody can see it? Yeah. I think only your team should be able to see that. And maybe make it to where you can maybe send it out. Use it offensively. Drop it on somebody. I get what you're saying, but that would be way too unwieldy and hard to use. And it'd be like, a, Aha, I got a lifeline kill instead of, all right, guys, I'm going to use my package. Like, there's, there's not many scraps you can put up with that, if that was what I'm saying. I just want to do some wacky shit, man. <laughs> well, yeah, enough of my life like that. So like, the fuse died. I have to use my catalyst alt to get it, get his banner. We cracked. We rev him, and his first instinct, uh, we're telling him on the mic, "Hey guys, we're gonna rotate to final zone, and we're gonna we're gonna loot there." He's like, "Nah, I'm gonna loot five feet away from where I was res, which is ten feet away from where I was killed." And so immediately, <laughs> he's just getting lit, and I'm just right fucking infuriated at this point so then he eventually follows us into zone and like instead of looting with us as we move along he's just sitting in random POIs looting doesn't find an armor he sits down and crafts for like five minutes we're nowhere near him he rotates completely around the map to join us at the bottom of of where we're holding and then eventually he pushes into a three-man and we die because like it is what it is I'm like god I just hate playing with people I was so hoping that he was going to carry the team to the end. <laughs> like, I've never seen someone try to 1v3 someone with Fuse. He probably thought he knew what he was doing. <laughs> and, like, there's a difference between, oh, I see one person, I'm going to take a shot. Oh, there's three people, I'm a dip. No, this whole man, you can hear in his comments, he take the shot, then he just throw his ult. And then he would just stay there and die. And I'm like, oh, this is dumb. But, yeah, that's me playing Apex. I'm really enjoying the season. Uh, I think... Uh, uh, I probably am going to actually grind the season for the first time instead of what I normally did, which is like I played really early on to get the meta, just watch competitive for the entire season, and then grind at the very end because I just didn't have time. So I'll probably do more grinding of this season. I actually really here like for you, Avery. I will be here. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the season. None of the characters I played got nerfed in any way that I don't have to play them anymore. In fact, mm-hmm. it made Watson and Catalyst way more stronger, and that now there's like actual utility that can be dried through them. Also, the Nemesis is a really good gun. Just a really good gun. I, I want to see how they're going to nerf that. I also enjoy it. <laughs> so you also been playing uh, Apex 2? Um, I played after I came back from my trip, but I felt like I had baby legs in the game because everything mm. just felt wonky. So I just stopped playing for a moment. Uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah also, so. the, fire, the new firing range is fantastic. Mm. The ability yeah. to have targets who strafe and crouch and move and then and you can getting, randomize it yeah and get uh accurate hit market data on them is incredible right now it, like it goes from a thing where i just play the warm up to now a thing where i go to actually practice before i jump into a game it's pretty good pretty good 
All right. Uh, well, that has been it for Press X to Start Podcast Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed feeding it to you. You know what I mean? Uh, don't forget to rate and review us in your favorite podcasting apps because every little bit counts. Uh, also, please do us a favor. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. We greatly need you to do that because most of our listeners are not subscribed. So we're looking at you, people who are not subscribed, but watching our channel. Exactly. Exactly. The last thing you want is a black man looking at you. Unless it's in a lovingly way, because, you know, we're capable of love and we love you. Thank you for listening and watching our stuff. All right. Take care. Be safe. Play some games and keep watching our stuff. Thank mm-hmm. you.